0: BBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand. Hello, thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. The GFSB Leaders' Debate saw the two men who want to be the Chief Minister of Gibraltar for the next four years talk business. The GSLP Liberals Fabian Bicardo and the GSD's Keith Asopardi went head to head at an event hosted by Vassadoni Motors. We'll bring you more on that. Throwing punches. Gibraltar boxer Tyron Buttigie is set to have his third professional fight this Saturday against a Nicaraguan based in Spain. We're joined by Tyron and also GBC sports reporter Davy Wilson. And I'll read you an extract of a very interesting opinion piece by Jelaine de lipiani called An Unsustainable Political System. But we start with our top story. A poll by GBC and the Gibraltar Chronicle newspaper suggests the GSD will win the election with a knife-edge margin, the tiniest of margins, 0.5% of the votes. The GSD would govern with nine MPs, not ten. Helping us to understand a lot of the detail in there, GBC's chief executive, James Nish.
1: Jonathan good afternoon i think when we talk about all the clichés two horse race neck and neck the competition is on it's all to play for every vote counts it's all true all of it is all of it is true and more all of it is true and absolutely more and i think is makes for really really interesting reading. I mean, the results of the poll, and we have to stress at this point, it's only a poll of 600 people, but the results and what it suggests for the general election only seven days away is extraordinary. And I'll tell you why, because Gibraltar has had a clear majority win in all elections since 1972. It was only 1964 and 1969 when the result was unclear. This result is not as unclear but what it means is that for the first time in a very very long time it's not clear cut where the first 10 belong to one party and the next seven belong to the other making it a straightforward government and opposition as we've been reporting if the results of this poll were replicated on the night with a much bigger electorate, of course. It would mean because of the the first-past-the-post system, like, for example, if you look at the individual results, the GSLP Liberals actually have, one, two, three, four, six candidates in the top ten. But it's only the GSD who actually get nine of their candidates over the line, which means...
0: Because it's not, what what matters to form government is who has the majority of MPs in Parliament, and that would be, according to the GBC poll, uh, the GSD, with nine,
1: just about. That's correct, just about, because what matters is who's at the bottom, particularly who gets over the line, because you can have, a government majority of nine. So it's about who gets nine of their MPs over the line. And we'll be looking at how interspersed it is in a minute or two. But first, let me just tell you that we're saying Keith Azopardi tops the poll over Fabian Picardo, but only by, wait for it, seven percent of the vote. We're really talking about a handful. In fact... We've made the calculation, 600 people took the poll. If six different people, six, had filled in the poll in a different way, or the reality is had we approached somebody else in the street, not person A, but person B, we could be having a different result, that 0.5%. Could have gone very easily to the GSLP Liberals.
0: So the usual caveats then apply, as you've said. It, it, the only poll that counts is the one on election day. Uh, this is a face to face poll carried out anonymously over the past four days, um, or over the course of four days earlier this week. Um, people did so obviously uh without having to show the other per- the the person holding the iPad who they were voting for Um, face-to-face polls sometimes, you know, uh, are are criticised or or at least are are, are sometimes considered to be um, at a disadvantage to postal votes in that respect because there is an element of, um, you know, sort of uh, social pressure that perhaps wouldn't be there when you're voting. But if you put those caveats to one side, there's a lot in here which um, rings true. Uh, because it's the second poll that we've had, which has put the GSD ever so slightly ahead. Uh, What's different from the last one is that uh, the margin is narrower. Mm -hmm. So the GSLP Liberals, compared to our last poll, have done better.
1: Yes, the GSLP Liberals would say, well, we've clawed back 2% of support. I mean, it depends on how you want to see this Absolutely, That's probably a line that they
0: would want to push. You said last time, uh, with the last poll, there's something in here for everyone. And I think that's pretty much true of this one as well. Yes, and I think that there are
1: some bombshells here. We were talking about how the GSD would form a government of nine. It would be because Yusuf El-Hanna would not be in the top 17. And now that perhaps to some people may not come as a surprise he's been at the center of a political storm. He has had to apologize. He did so sitting
0: here three times he's only, apologized only this already. week
1: and, and there's still been lots of criticism of him as a candidate and lots of questions for Keith Azopardi as leader. Well, so
0: we're, for the sake of uh, of openness we're seeking uh, uh, some clarification from him on comments that he made here uh, sitting in the Radio Gibraltar studio because uh, some of our listeners, uh, in, in the Jewish community in particular, feel uh, that he was disingenuous uh, in, in, in that apology. Uh, we won't go into the details, but it's not the end of the story, is, is what I'm trying to say. Yes, and
1: on the other side, for example, at the very bottom of the GSLP liberal vote, I think particularly interesting that Joe Bosano, a powerhouse of the GSLP for such a long time, would actually lose his seat. 51 years in Parliament. And again, according to this poll, because there really is, according to the poll, 11 votes in it between him and the last voted person who would be Atrish Sanchez from the GST. Let's just, I think we've got time, let's just take a a moment to bring you a snapshot of how the top 17 looks, because I think it's important because it took us Very late into the night and all of this morning to try and analyse and put this into context of what it actually means. Again, because I was explaining earlier, it's not top 10 and 7. So, first past the post, we've got 17 seats in Parliament. According to the poll, this is how it would look. First and second, GSD. Then they're followed by GSLP Liberals, GSLP Liberals, GSLP Liberals. Seats for the GSD and the GSD three more for the GSLP Liberals, another four for the GSD, this is in order, then GSLP Liberals and GSLP Liberals again, and then one final seat for the GSD. That's what makes a composition of nine for government and eight for the opposition, but it's extremely, extremely interspersed. And That's... then, sorry, and then below the line, Joe Vosano, Youssef el and Vijay Darianani with Robert Vasquez, who is the independent candidate, who already has reacted to the opinion poll. We'll go into that in a minute or two.
0: So. Well, I was going to say, looking at those, so Keith Asopardi and Damon Bostino, uh, I mean, in the last poll, Fabian Picardo was, by a country mile, the most popular um, candidate for uh, the chief minister of Gibraltar, but... Um, of course, the two teams hadn't presented their candidates yet and um, and the election campaign hadn't actually started. It was just the election had been called. Yes, and we've been seeing a lot of the
1: candidates on the TV and radio debate, so people will have, have been deciding on that. We also have to point out that at the last poll we did, more than 30% were undecided. Now, the undecideds have not taken part in the poll. In in this one? in In this one. So, for example, maybe somebody was approached by one of our polling agents. And I want to say, interestingly, this was done by staff members from the Gibraltar Chronicle and GBC. We did it together. So they did 300 of the sample and we did 300. The results were consistent as they were coming in from what they were doing and from what we were doing so that must mean so something it, across the community
0: it feel you you feel looking at them and knowing the way that the results came in that that this that, that there's a there's a truth to the the poll that gives it quite a, a, a solid foundation reliable
1: absolutely with the caveat that of course it's the undecided who could be the ones deciding this election and, because and, we approach somebody and they would say well i don't know how i'm going to vote yet with knew it was more than 30% at the last poll. So if they're not telling us how they're going to vote, that could be, you know, it could come election night and one of the parties would win by six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10%. But it's because there's a huge undecided population who are still watching, who are still listening, who are still following, and they were telling our polling agents, well, I'm voting like this today, but I might change my mind tomorrow. And that, I think, doesn't affect those who are the cerrimo of, one side or the other, as we call them. Those who voted GSLP Liberals all their life, and the GSD who are intent on voting for the 10 candidates, no matter who they mm -hmm. are, that's not the vote that I think the party leaders will be looking at as far as this data is concerned. I mean,
0: you look at this, and you you mentioned the the word serimo. I mean, this is not the result of a, a majority of people block voting.
1: No, exactly. And for example, because... Robert Vasquez takes 2.17% of the vote. So, in effect, 107 out of the 600 gave one vote to Robert Vasquez. That means that one in five, one in six of people, at least, it could be more, we don't know, but at least one in five or one in six who filled the poll were not block voting. And that is what I think Keith Azopardi and Fabian Picardo, as leaders of their parties, will be looking at very closely today today. We've seen the message. The message always from the parties is, if you want us in government, you have to block vote. I think this poll is going to show
0: the importance why. Um, uh, one of the other caveats that uh, that springs to mind is, or, or factors, if you like, is that uh, it is sometimes said that pre-election polls are more likely to be protest votes than uh, than in the general election itself. Um, that's not a clear uh, you know, sort of um, uh, thing. It's just, it's just. Uh, sometimes it is said that that happens. Um, but, but you know, if if we look at uh, the. 17 and 18th uh, positions joint 17th Leslie Brousson of the GSLP Liberals and Atrish Sanchez mm-hmm. and just outside of parliament Joe Bosano um there's a difference you said of 11 votes in this poll uh, that would translate to something like 440 votes um it's not it's it's not insignificant but it's not a a pattern that could not be
1: reversed. And because there are two things here, I think, like, like you point out, one is those who are not telling us how they're going to vote. Also, this is perhaps the feeling in the street as it stands, a snapshot of how it stands today. A week is a long time in politics. It might change tomorrow. We were talking earlier how there were no clear, uh, clear winners in 64 and 69, the days of Sir Joshua Hassan. And I was always told growing up as a reporter here, one of the famous quotes from Sir Joshua Hassan, who always used to say, but when you go into the polling station and when you go into the booth, it te pega la cortinita en el hombro, that's when some people change their minds.
0: Uh, that's the moment of truth.
1: That's the moment of truth. That's the moment
0: that some people
1: decide... How do I use my 10 votes, my 10 X's?
0: The other um, result that I thought uh, is interesting to see is that Gemma Arias Vasquez, who is uh, uh, contesting her first general election, places fifth, which uh, right behind Mr. Picardo and, and Dr. Garcia uh, from the alliance, which is a very... Uh, a very good result for her, very respectable and, and perhaps um, reflects the fact that Mr Picardo has said that he tips her to be the next leader of the GSLP and and perhaps that people think that she has had a good campaign so far. And of
1: course you want to look at this as a party, as an individual. I'm sure that Gemma Arias Vasquez would be extremely pleased with, with that result. If it sort of bore fruit that, you know, she is behind effectively two of the senior members of the GSLP Liberals and again by a very, very close margin. But interestingly, you mentioned Gemma Arias-Vasquez there, Craig Sacarello. If we look at the names that are at the very top of the list, it's people who've had a profile. Um, Gemma Arias, for example, uh, she fought the referendum campaign. She was the chair of the Gibraltar Federation of Small Businesses. She's appeared on TV and radio programmes Sometimes it's about having a profile. Because, for example, I know he's further down the list. Christian Santos, for example, is on exactly the same vote as Nigel Featham, slightly above John Cortez, Edwin Reyes, Daniela Tilbury, Joel Ladislaus, Giovanni Origo.
0: So again, maybe, maybe it is about profile. And to to, to see, you know, Sir Joe Bosano and Vijay Darianani not get into Parliament... Um, you know, we we've heard the chief minister uh, when he was, I uh, suppose, when he when he became the leader of the GSOP uh, Liberal Alliance, uh, when when he sort of uh, took over uh, the role of act of of a caretaker uh, chief minister. Because of course uh, he called the election. Uh, he said that he recognised the need for change, change, continuity, and and one other buzzword that he used. But he knew that change was in the air, uh, and that people needed change. And he refreshed his candidature. Uh, and and you can see that you know those new candidates that Gemma Arias Vasquez, Nigel Fitum, and Christian Santos have actually done very well. You you, you you rightly point out that they are people with a public profile already, but but it, it it sort of speaks to this idea that you know that there is an appetite for for some change of some sort, and that perhaps the core GSLP vote
1: is shifting is changing. The demographic is changing. People are growing up. There's a new voting generation. I think we also have to point out, Jonathan, quite importantly, that this might also reflect where the votes from Together Gibraltar have gone. Because at the last election, we had thousands of votes for a third party. When this becomes a two-horse race, it by, I suppose by default, has to become a narrower race. Maybe they weren't expecting it to be quite knife-edge as this suggests, like I say, it could swing one way or the other. We're looking very much at the candidates. But let's just reflect for a moment on the overall percentage. Got, just, it's uh, just uh, so, this, so close. This chart here, if you're, if you're watching on television, uh, it is available on gbc.gi. The GSD on 49.2%. The GSLP Liberals on 487 There's not 0.5% of the vote in it. And the Independent, Robert Vasquez, on 217 But if you look at that chart... It almost looks
0: split down the middle. And, um, I mean, it's just... just it, it, it really is, as you say, a week is a long time in politics. We don't know which way this is going to go, but it, it's definitely pointing to it being a very close affair. Uh, the last thing that I wanted to say, James, was that, um, very interesting as well, uh, given the campaign that we've seen and the comments that we've heard in recent weeks to see um, that the closest to, to Joe Busano is... Uh, neck and neck with Yusuf el uh, both have been um, criticised by the opposing parties uh, for comments that they've made, uh, Sir Joe Bosano in respect of people with disabilities, Yusuf el Hanna in respect of uh, comments that he made about the Israel-Palestine um, uh, conflict, and uh, and it's interesting to see then that uh, Sir Joe Bosano, I- 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 if you think that uh, Atrish Sanchez because she comes from the special needs action group background she was one of the people to take him to task on those comments that that there's an interesting dynamic there that you know that argument if you like could be uh the who who wins who who does better at the polls could be the determining factor of who forms Government. Yes, uh, and and, and I think we've
1: been talking, and there's also a piece in the Gibraltar Chronicle. I want to sort of restate the fact that we have conducted this poll in conjunction with the Gibraltar Chronicle and in close discussion with Brian Reyes, the editor, um, last night as we we looked at this. And it's one of the important things that he was also talking about. Um, Sometimes, or particularly in this election, maybe the top matters to the leaders and the top matters to the parties and to the personalities, and even, dare I say, to the egos. But potentially, what matters more in this election is place number 17. Because if it's 9 and 8, place number 17 determines who gets to form government. Not a government of 10 as we know it. It could be a government of 9 and an opposition of 8. The shape of parliament as we know it in the 10-7 could shift. May I just very quickly, I want to bring in... an. Reaction that's coming from Robert Robert Vasquez, Vasquez, the independent candidate, who's um, issued a statement. And he says the shock for Fabian Picardo and Sir Joe Vosano, who does not get elected, must be huge, referring to Sir Joe there. Let us see if the GSLP Liberals will rev up their election engines now. And he says, I am at the bottom of the pile. I will not be unmotivated by the result, however. I intend to continue my campaign. Additionally, I sincerely believe my overall input has been very effective influence on what the two parties say and do. And just to be very fair to Robert Vasquez, I mean, he is at the bottom of the pile. but He's not trailing in this poll. I know that when you look at it as a pie chart, he's got 2.17%. But the candidates at the bottom have 3.7, 4.08. For an independent candidate, I don't think it's as low as we've had in the past. Well,
0: 107 people voted for him from... 600. From 600. Yeah. I think that's quite a respectable result for an independent. One in six votes. Um, wow, so much to unpack. Um, I expect that uh, we'll be seeking reaction from Fabian Picardo and Sapardi Um I can tell you now that they will tell
1: us. The poll that matters, Jonathan, is the poll on the night. That's what they restate. But, of course, in a two-horse race, I suppose there's always hope. Sometimes the other horse trips, and as we've been talking
0: a week is a long time in politics.
1: Gibraltar Today with
0: Jonathan Scott. Now, of course, a week is a long time in politics, as we heard the GBC chief executive uh, say, and um, it'll be ramping up, I think. The electioneering will be uh, peaking towards Thursday, so you can expect a lot more uh, from the... GSLP Liberals and the GSD. Last night, they were at the GFSB Leaders Debate. That's the Federation of Small Businesses who hosted an event at Bassadoni Motors um, at the new premises, beautiful new premises uh, down here close by at, uh, at the Dockyard. Um, of course it 's about who will lead Gibraltar for the next four years, but in particular last night, it was about the business ideas that will um, well the business concerns that the small business owners making up the federation uh, what uh, concerns they have uh, they formulated questions which were put to both Mr. Picardo and Mr. Asopardi, uh, And uh, we're going to bring you now uh, the answer by Fabian Picardo to one of the, well, the top concern, according to the Federation of Small Businesses, the main concern uh, that small business owners in Gibraltar have, uh, the uncertainty surrounding the future relationship arrangement between Gibraltar and Spain and the rest of the EU, the UK-EU Future Relationship Treaty, which has been negotiated in recent years um, but hasn't quite concluded yet, Uh, so uncertainty continues, and this is what Fabian Picardo uh, had to say uh, about that. Let me see if I can pull up Mr Picardo's... He had quite a lot to say about it, in fact, Um, and uh, and this is what uh, he had to say um, about, in particular... The four-year, the initial four-year period uh, that we heard Sir Joe Bosano talking about in the news bulletin uh, just a few minutes ago, and the GSD's Craig Saccarello saying that that uh, brings further uncertainty. Uh, and uh, Mr. Bicardo was asked about this initial four-year period that any UK-EU treaty uh, that is negotiated in respect of Gibraltar uh, that 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 would be the initial. Uh, duration of it Uh, and this is what Mr Picarda had to say
2: the reality of the situation is that this negotiation is multifaceted, and Keith would have you believe that it's very easy, he would have done it, he would have finished it, and that he can now go on and have a consultation at the same time as he's continuing the negotiations. This demonstrates to you that he has no idea of the complexity of what's being negotiated and how to get it over the line. What Joe Bosano does is he addresses things as he always has, as a tough negotiator. We need Joe Bosano in our corner in government so that when the time comes to review the application of a treaty, nobody tries to steal march on Gibraltar. The fact is that in order to ensure that we get this treaty and then it hardens, and the four-year period is not yet set in stone, this is one thing that's been negotiated, we need to ensure that at the end of that four-year period, our negotiating opponents understand that the people of Gibraltar are determined to protect the sovereignty of Gibraltar and will not simply blithely roll over at the end of the four years if we don't like what that treaty would become. Now, that's why you need a GSLP liberal government, because when it comes to the sovereignty of Gibraltar, there there is no one tougher than us. Let's not rewrite what Keith Asopaldiv set out in Sovereignty and the Stateless Nation, where he analyzed an Andorra-style solution as potentially not being joint sovereignty. Those are the issues. Who do you put in front of our negotiating opponents? The guys who are known for being tough or the guy whose legal analysis, academic analysis, is not quite as tough as he now pretends to be?
0: Fabian Picardo speaking at the GFSB leaders' debate last night. Down to business was the, uh, the, the subheading, if you like. Uh, it was all about business, and that was the main concern for small business owners, the absence of a UK-EU future relationship treaty, a deal, a treaty for Gibraltar. Um, and uh, in response, the GSD leader, Keith Asopardi, committed to defending Gibraltar and committed to being strong on sovereignty if elected into government. Uh, but he said if the clause hasn't been drafted or agreed yet, then the jury is still out. He also highlighted, Mr Sapardi also highlighted Sir Joe Bosano's comments earlier this year, uh, when he said that no deal was achievable beyond the four years and it would be terminated after four years. Uh, Sir Joe has given it a maximum longevity of four years, effectively. On Radio Gibraltar and on GBC Television, Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. A different form of combat now. Uh, On Saturday, Gibraltarian boxer Tyron Butegy will make his third professional fight, this time against a Nicaraguan fighter, uh, who's based in Spain. I don't know if I'll get this name right, Tyron. Moises Mojica. Uh, yeah, Moises Mojica. All right. Uh, good afternoon, Tyron, and also good, good afternoon. afternoon, Davy Wilson, TVC sports so. reporter. How are you both? Yeah, we're great. I'm it's fine, good. thanks. Thanks for having me today. Uh want to, Tyron, tell us a little bit? Um, your last pro fight was in July. You won. It was also an international opponent, um, Italian.
3: Yeah. Uh, uh, how are you feeling
0: today? Oh, feeling great, feeling great.
3: Um, excited for Saturday. Uh, training's gone pretty well, to to be honest. Other than a COVID that I had a couple of weeks ago and COVID. Know, no, just a oh, common cold. Oh, okay. so I didn't valid. get tested, so no, no, no. I wouldn't be able to say. Um, and you know, it's just pushing through that week. We've uh, we've just cold, a uh, bit difficult. But other than that, everything's gone well. No injuries this time round, and uh, excited to go. Good man. Um, what do you know about your opponent? um i know he's got a uh, plenty of experience in the in the professional game um he's box in he boxed uh high level of competitions um he's boxed people who have who have been spanish champion and also he boxed another ladder who was a world title challenger so he's ex- got caliber no yeah i'm expecting i' i'm i'm I'm, ex- I'm expecting a step up from when when you compare it to my two previous opponents But I'm confident, I'm confident in myself, I'm confident on my training and how everything's going, my game plan uh, that we've established
0: with my team and and we'll see you on Saturday night. Um, Davy, let's bring you in. For somebody who hasn't watched Tyron fight, what, what sort of boxer is he?
4: He's uh, he's exciting. He, he's very measured as a professional, you know. Even coming into the game, the boxing game as as late as Ty, uh, Tyrone has. He's only come into the professional game late. He's been boxing since he was a young man, you know, five, six, seven. And how, how old are you, Tyrone? If you don't mind me asking. I'm thirty-one years old now. Sorry, yeah. thirty-one. Thirty-one. Yeah. He, and I was saying he still looks twenty-four, so he's, he's okay, Jonathan. Yeah. But but even the, the, the when boxers, anyone who knows boxing, when, when they go into the professional game, you you measure your opponents. If you've got a boxer like Tyrone, you want to see him go up the ladder. Uh, inch by inch and, and he's taken his first two fights have been set that way but this is a step and this is a great step because if you go online you can see the box that he's fighting he's at 37 fights and although he's got you know a, 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 quite a majority of them are or two thirds of them are defeats. You know, it takes a lot to put him down. Six of his nine wins are from knockout. Uh, so you know, he's a good fighter. And as Tyrone and I were speaking about, he's he's a, an intelligent. He waits and he, he wants to he wants to almost connect with you as you take your step forward. So he's got a he's got a fight on his hands this weekend.
0: So so you've got um, a much lower number of professional fights. And, yes. and I'm on to I'm gonna. See if 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 you agree with this, you know, sort of very uh, superficial analysis. On the one hand, it means that you are less experienced than him. Yeah. Uh, but on the other, it means that you can watch a lot of his videos, presumably, exactly. uh, and he will be. You will have more of an element of surprise. Yeah, definitely. I've actually
3: been watching some of his bouts um, recently, uh, and I've noticed that he he waits he waits for his opponents to attack a lot. Um, so basically, my idea, or my plan is to try and. And tempt to, to him to throw first so that I can count time him and not get caught coming in. So that's the initial idea and hopefully I can work on from that. So a lot of tactics, no? Definitely a lot of tactics. Uh, boxing is uh, much more mental than physical than what people think.
0: So how do you well, How do you prepare for each of those? How do you prepare for the mental first?
3: Well, mental, um, I think it's more to be, you you've got to just believe in yourself. And um, if you train properly and hard, that will give you some mental peace that you're ready and, and that you can actually come out victorious. So I think it's it's got to do a lot with the with the physical preparations and the team that you got around you
0: so yeah making sure that you're that you're ready and then and then you you do your best on the night and Definitely. you've got nothing to fear no you Definitely. you know and you've got no regrets because you, you've put the work in uh and what does putting the work in mean for you what sort of what's been your training um regime in recent weeks okay it's so like seven
3: to eight weeks of training six times a week most of the di- most of those days are double sessions Maybe it's cardio in the morning and then boxing session in the evenings. Cardio is what, go for a run, a jog? Uh, I, I do different uh, type of uh, sort of cardio. I do like aerobic cardios and anaerobics, which is more like sprint works. Um... Also strength training, the boxing, you know, it's, 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 a, lot, it's a lot to get to, to, get to do.
4: And your diet, especially uh, the weight that you fight at and with your age, your diet is so important.
3: Yeah, definitely. I've got to make weight tomorrow. Um, I've, we are, I usually fight at 57, which is the featherweight limit. Uh, this time we agreed uh, to do 58 as the opponent couldn't make 57. I still haven't touched the weight. Um, I've got to touch it tomorrow. I'll probably wake up um, 58, 9, 59. I'll have to lose uh, the resting water tomorrow morning and then weigh myself at 5 o'clock.
0: After that, I can eat what, <laughs> as I <laughs> Eat please. whatever you want. Wow. <laughs> yeah. that's, uh, that's really interesting. And, and talk us through So the fights on Saturday, it's Thursday now. What, what do you do between now and then? Um, um, basically, the, the hard work is done now. Um, I did my last hard
3: session on, on Monday. I've, I have trained on Tuesday and Wednesday, but it's been more like just going through the motions and not very intense training. Today I'll just this afternoon I'm going to go for a light run just to get the blood flowing and and tomorrow if anything I'll just sweat out the liquid I've got to sweat to make the weight with, with a sauna suit and that's it let's relax for the rest of the
0: day refuel rest and, and relax on Saturday and let's go So it's your it's your third professional fight what, what comment would you make about the differences between th- when you're fighting at an amateur level and, and, and now the difference, basically, is um,
3: you've got to go for for higher amount of rounds. More rounds, you got to pace yourself more. you got to be very careful now because the gloves in professional boxing are smaller and like more solid than the ones in the amateur.
0: Less so, cushions, no? They yes, more.
3: So, yeah, so it's basically more dangerous. You can't, new
4: gloves, Davies, Jonathan. These Davies brand new gloves have up. just arrived.
0: Uh, look nice.
3: So, yeah, I'm looking. I'm, my, my aim this fight is to put a higher work rate than I did in my last bout. Because obviously I want to prepare, prepare myself to move on to do eight rounds for the next one. But I can't move on to eight rounds unless I can comfortably do six rounds at a high pace. So that's my aim on this, this time round. And have you, I mean, do you in your training go through it and and, and do sort of like the full... Yeah, when, when I've been doing sparring sessions, um, i obviously been putting the emphasis on having a high work rate. Um, and I've been doing it quite uh, comf- com- comfortable, comfortable, so... You know, I'm confident that uh, things will come out properly on, on Saturday, we okay. hope so.
0: And, uh, Davy, a very quick word uh, on uh, Chris Montegrifo, who's uh, fighting an amateur bout.
4: Yeah, other great fighters. We we watched Chris uh, and his previous bouts uh, before, and again, he's, he's obviously younger, he's had a great background in boxing. Not massively younger, but but a few years younger than, than Ty. He's, but he's, uh, uh, Two years younger than I am. But, but a, a, a strong, especially a come-forward boxer. And I think with both of them, it's about being measured and listening to their coach and listening to what they've got to do. Tyrone and I had a quick word uh, a few weeks ago about his second bout where he was comfortably the winner, but on the last round he went to get that win. And that's the difference, I think, in professionalism. He's got to stick to his, his guns. He can't go hunting for the knockout get the win which is important to us in Gibraltar that we have a professional fighter who has a a zero next to his name and, and it will be in these guys Chris and, and Ty and, and I, I quite believe that both of them will go and succeed on Saturday
0: Brilliant uh, well we just, wish you every success uh, Tyron you're going to um, stream that uh, fight yeah, on but, uh, your social media no?
3: for those that haven't been able to get tickets or can not go for, for whatever reason uh, just uh, check out my Instagram I'll be going live um, also want to mention that um, there's another two Gibraltarians boxing, which is Chris's brother, Evan, and Wayne Freeth. Okay, So there'll be four in total. Three amateurs and myself headlining the bill. Gibraltar Today
0: with Jonathan Scott. Before we say goodbye, I just want to read a short piece from a very interesting opinion piece in the Gibraltar Chronicle newspaper by Jelaine Dilipiani-Stagneto, a developer, Uh, who in the past has campaigned for GHA reform and on environmental issues. And she says, uh, she refers to block voting uh, um, being a, a waste. Those who think that block vote, if you don't block vote, that you're wasting your vote. What a nonsense, she says. A vote always sends a message, regardless of what it can achieve in our current restrictive system. Jelaine talks about political reform she says we need to be able to vote for individuals to identify a new system to elect our representatives so that we end up with quality people to represent either the local areas in which we live the industries in which we work or the age groups that concern us to identify a system that can properly work for a community that is as small and yet as diverse as ours jelaine dilibiani says i don't have all the answers but i know that there are many in our community who believe, as I do, that the status quo in our political system is unsustainable and so we strive for improvement.
2: Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar today. I'm Kelly M. Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar, Monday to Friday from 1 to 2, getting behind the headlines. And you can catch up here whenever you like. Until next time, have a good one. GBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand.